This is the Build Our Future podcast. We shape our buildings, and afterwards our buildings shape us. A window into the past, present, and future of the construction industry. There's still a lot of unlocked doors. Clarity with design, craftsmanship with the build. There's still a lot to find out and do and invent. Collaboration for our future. You know, I don't think it's the end of the invention. The Build Our Future podcast with Raul Faria. Let's build. Begins now. Welcome to the Build Our Future podcast. Very, very happy today to have Jack Aspenson. He's from S3 Surface Solutions and a few other companies uh, that I'm sure I'm going to let him mention as as we go through it. Uh, Jack, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Fantastic. Uh, very interested to have you on because this, uh, what you guys do is actually a lot of the products that, that I use in my, in my day job, as I like to, as I like to say. Uh, but can you, share, <laughs> can, can you share a little bit more about you know, what uh, S3 is and the, and the many different, uh, uh, I guess you could say, um, sub-umbrellas <laughs> that, that cover what you guys do? Yep. So we are... We started off as a as a uh, epoxy and urethane company, and as we developed solutions that fixed problems, uh, and that's something that's important with S3. We fix problems. We don't just put a bandaid on them. We don't just make that product good enough, and it has to be green. It has to be healthy for the environment and healthy for the individuals as much as we can. Uh, but we actually we actually manufacture everything from cementitious products to uh, Epoxies, urethanes, adhesives, and we are branching out into concretes, admixes, and now into uh, and also distribute purity, which is a, an amazing product as well. So we everything we want to do is focused on CO two reduction and providing a healthy long term solution for the client. I mean, that, I mean, obviously, um, in this day and age, what uh, you know, there's been a big push on on sustainability. Was was that aspect in terms of reducing um, CO two? Was that something that S three kind of was kind of founded on to kind of focus on, or was that just like a natural? Absolutely. Or was that was that just a natural evolution based on you know where we were where we were tracking? Well, many a few years ago, there was a lot of. Um, information that was coming out about epoxies. And uh, when you look at epoxies, raw ingredients, a lot of them are on that red list. Um, there's some misinformation around them that just because it's on the red list, it's bad for you. And so we started working and looking for other products that would, or uh, raw ingredients that would actually be healthier because of the perception. Um, and so as, as we started developing products over time, there's as customers have requested, and it's important to state that you know S3 is has basically four distinct development arms that uh, collaborate so that we can address situations. But as the customers came to us and said, "Can you make this? We need this holy grail. Can you do something that reduces um, the VOC? Can you do something that makes our indoor air quality better? Not just from a, a coating standpoint." but a, a, a complete environment. And so we started looking around at who had good products, what products we would need to make to address those situations. So it is kind of a started out, that was our mantra, and it grew into that is exact, that is all we focus on is creating healthy, durable um, 
long-term product. I mean, of course, that's, uh, I mean, with, with now, I mean, I've had a few people um, on previous episodes that, you know, they kind of specialize in passive houses or well-certified houses and, and, you know, the environment, mm-hmm. the noise, the smell, like, you know, all of these things that, that you are talking about is, is, you know, really comes into play when, um, when trying to achieve certain certifications, um, uh, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what you guys are doing mm-hmm. are, are amazing. I, I was talking to you off air uh, just recently about how, um, you know, the epoxy side of uh, the equation has been, uh, at least for me, um, when I build a lot of restaurants, has been gaining so much more steam in in the kitchens, uh, because you know with uh, with with you know the double abrasive tile and the constant regrouting and regrouting, the the ongoing costs are are astronomical sometimes, right? And and with with epoxy solutions and and things that you know you guys are doing, it can only help with smells and so on and so forth, right? Um, have you noticed a big uptick in? kitchens and that sort of stuff in in the restaurant side and and where else are people kind of gravitating to more of a sustainable solution for um you know their flooring well restaurants uh, for the last 12 probably 15 years i've been working in the restaurant industry and the regrouting solution has always been a problem like we said we were discussing off air you can never get it done properly because you have to do it at night. You have a very short time window to do it in. And uh, anything that's hot, wet, and greasy, which pretty much is a commercial kitchen, is going to destroy even an epoxy grout because it never gets a chance to get to its fruition. Uh, we have developed with a with our partner who actually makes our ad- adhesives for us as well, a product called Marcoat Grout. Uh, now, it was really expensive, but it was a one and done. You put it into the floor. Two hours later, it was cured, and you could you could spill hot grease on it the next morning, and it wouldn't affect it. And once it was cured, it had no VOCs. Uh, and it, the interesting part is it was actually became the strength of the floor. It was actually stronger than the quarry tile themselves. Yeah, so it's a there's a that business now. If you carry that over, healthcare, education. Uh, both at the primary level and all the way into the university level, all of them are having issues. And the biggest issue that's affecting not only kitchens uh, and commercial restaurants and commercial buildings in general is moisture. The way we pour our concrete, how fast we get back on the concrete, uh, that has all been a big issue that is, well, just in the flooring industry alone, commercial flooring, not tile, step over to the carpet and vinyl side, that's a billion dollar claim issue every year. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, you know, talking about moisture protection, I mean, um, can you talk to me a little bit more about um, what you guys are doing as eco-friendly options, um, you know, during the design and construction and, you know, what that kind of longevity and stuff is actually like? Sure. We started off with the epoxies, being able to actually go on to green concrete or repaired concrete right away like as you know in restaurants if you're doing a retrofit you're trench cutting you have to put in new plumbing to meet their their kitchen design right well when you pour back that trench that's green concrete and it's extremely porous and you have now destroyed any vapor retarder that's under it so now moisture can come up 
as moisture comes up, it delaminates all these epoxy coatings, urethane coatings, um, even quarry tile starts to mold underneath in the, in the thin set. How do we adjust? That's what we looked at is we need to address that first. If you can address that, then anytime you want to switch to some other type of flooring, you have a, a layer there that's protecting the floor and it makes it less costly to repair or replace that floor. And that, that is not just the restaurant industry because restaurant industry has more top down water too, by the way they clean their floors. But, you know, healthcare, think about healthcare. Everything has to be cleaned all the time. Well, if you have one area where you have a moisture issue coming up from the floor, then you're going to have delamination of the product. They have gappings and water that from the cleaning and it gets underneath the, the uh, vinyl plank or sheet vinyl at that time. And now you have a continuous catastrophic failure at that point. And, and healthcare is the really big one because they can't afford to shut down. You know, uh, operating rooms are $55,000 an hour of lost revenue. You have to be able to fix that. So what S3 started looking at is, okay, but what's the cause and effect? Um, where is it coming from? Why are we seeing this problem even above grade? And started developing products that would be internal to the concrete. So number one, they have to be biodegradable. You can't have something out there that's going to be caustic or solvent-based. You have to be able to address the internal issues within the concrete. And then once you've addressed the internal issues on the concrete, what you put on top of it will, will be a stronger, longer-term fix. So we started developing products that could open the product through the concrete. You could spray on an application and create a permanent internal moisture membrane. Hmm. And we have those products today. As a matter of fact, they're used in, in quite a few school systems. Uh, when they build schools, we actually apply it to the concrete 12 hours after it's poured or as soon as you have walk on and no bleed water. Go ahead and apply. Yeah. So affecting, uh, taking care of the moisture takes care of two problems. Number one, all your flooring doesn't start failing. Uh, number two is you don't have a mold and mildew issue. And in the education world where they shut off their air conditioners in the summer months, you don't have a recommissioning blast of, uh, of moisture coming out of the concrete, mm -hmm. which causes a lot of mold and mildew issues within schools. So you keep a healthier building inside all the time. All the time, which is which is so important, especially when you're in hospitals and schools, right? But I want to go back to some of the um, um, epoxy systems that that you guys you guys use. You know, I, I've, sure. al I've always found it um, interesting that um, you know there are there are a lot of regulations and stuff for um, VOCs and stuff uh, for paint, mm -hmm. but no one really talks about um, the the uh, ramifications of epoxy, polished concrete, that kind of stuff, right? Like people always talk about paint because I think maybe that's just more top of mind and you're always looking at walls sometimes. Um, but, but it's kind of know, in your face. Yeah, it's kind of in your face, right? Um, you know, why, why was it important to, to have your systems like VOC compliant and LEED certified? And, and you know, what was, what was that kind of process like to get certified? Because I've done LEED projects before and sometimes they are... There, there's some hoops to jump over. Let's uh, let's just uh, let's just put it well, that way. Always, yeah. Yeah. So first, the, the foundation of creating a product, you've got to look at what are the raw ingredients coming from. What are they being that I that you may need, like a biz A or a biz F, which is the foundation of most epoxies. 
those those on them by themselves uh, are red listed. They're considered bad for the environment. But can I use those at the same time within a mixture where there's a reaction that takes them from being bad to just a piece of the of the reaction and get encapsulated? So if I encapsulate it, it actually keeps it from being bad and there's no VOCs from it. So there's a couple other products. I mean, there's formaldehyde and things that are used in epoxies as well and other applications that you want to be able to either encapsulate or eliminate. And so one of the focuses we had was getting that out of any of our products. Um, we also focused on 100% solids versus water-based epoxies. Um, 100% solids epoxies have more of the, the bad chemicals in them, and, but they also perform better in some cases. Uh, we had to figure out how do we get water-based epoxies up to the level of performance of the 100% solids so that we would have, obviously, more water in them and they would be healthier. And then the chemical reaction is slightly different, too, to make it uh, a long-term health. Uh, benefit to the building, but perform at the same level. That's That was the big challenge. And a lot of the epoxy companies out there today are going through this process and trying to figure out how they can get to that point. From a certification standpoint, it starts at the raw ingredient and then it goes to the final product. And we end up with most of our products, we are, we're testing through UL to get the green gold level. Mm-hmm. And that, that is, has to follow a protocol that would be considered an average installation. Um, so for instance, and, and you and I discussed this off camera or off line before, mm-hmm. epoxy grouts never get a chance to actually fully cure by the time they're already blasted with something the next day in a restaurant. Yeah. Well, yeah. epoxies take about seven days to fully cure. Yeah. So if you're not, it, what we're doing when we're testing it is as low VOC or VOC free is that we're allowing that to be installed for lack of a better description on a panel that they put into a chamber and we're allowing it to be there for seven days before we test it. We're trying to get our release of VOCs down before we even get to seven days. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get it down before seven days because in the real world, unless you're building a brand new building like you do, mm-hmm. You're not going to have something sitting on the floor for seven days before it's occupied, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's co- no, that's completely true. And I, and I think you know, uh, switching over to systems like this. I mean, what what is the um, out of curiosity? This is, I guess, more personal, but I'm sure our listeners would love to know as well. Like, what is generally like the the longevity sort of um, how the lifespan of, of a product like this, if you're going to use lifespan. it, yeah. If you're going to use it in a high traffic area or, or whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it, it's an interesting question you asked because I had a lot of people that had this perception that thicker was better. Oh, I got to get a quarter inch thick. Mm. Why do you need a quarter inch? What, what's going to happen with an eighth of an inch? Uh, if I go to repair a quarter inch, because something happens, it gets cracked, or somebody drops something on it and it chips, and you want to make sure it stays intact. It's harder to replace a quarter inch system than it is to roll another layer over a thin base. Mm. So it's longevity can be by use, by the way. Yeah. Um, Cheesecake Factory is yeah. one of my favorite restaurants, and, and I have a lot of good friends that work for them, and they do a really good job of paying attention to their, their care and maintenance. 
And then you, you compare that to, let's say, a, a mom and pop, uh, a restaurant that's doing a couple couple million a year versus a cheesecake that's doing, you know, 20. Mm-hmm. And you have 53 p- 50 people in the kitchen versus five. You know, that's a big difference in traffic pattern. Who's going to do more damage to that floor in that shorter period of time? You know, I think the average cheesecake factory cook line is 50 feet long mm-hmm. versus, you know, most cook lines are 12. So when you look at who's going to do more damage and how long it's going to last, epoxy should last seven, 10 years without any failure if they're installed correctly and just require a facelift, mm-hmm. an, an additional top coating. Um, if you're in a UV environment and you don't, and you have um, a lot of that sunlight coming in, the epoxies will fade. Um, it gives you a different perception on is it still working or does it just not look pretty? Um, cleaning chemicals can take away a finish on a floor. So you've got a lot of things come into play on that. But if you address it right with the right application, you can easily come back in and address it through a, a, a quality top coating. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of the things that we do right now, and I, I think the restaurant industry is probably going to start going this way, is more towards um, homogenous rubber floors. Yeah. Number one, they're, they're not as slippery. Number two is they're a sheet. So you can weld it together and you have very little access for water to come from your cleaning process underneath. Mm-hmm. Well, how do we make that stay looking newer or longer? Well, there are sealers out there that you can put on it. And once they start to wear, you just reapply. Mm-hmm. So the cost of repairing that floor goes from $20 a square foot to 57 cents a square foot. Yeah, and you know, I know, I know, I know from, for me, like part of, I mean, obviously it keeps some of my guys busy, but you know, the number of times we have to go in and, and like, you know, grind out grout and chip out broken tiles because water, water has gotten underneath it. That, uh, that operational cost is, yep. is, is fairly big, right? I mean, I mean, you know, have wow. you seen, have you seen, um, you kind of alluded to it just now, but have you seen, uh, more traction, not just for these systems, but sustainable solutions for these systems? Like, like are people actually, because, you know, whenever, whenever people talk about sustainable solutions, right, they always, they always look for the asterisk, right? <laughs> they always, they always right. want to know yeah. either, like, <laughs> how much more is it going to cost? You know, is it yeah. not, not like, you know, when I say inferior, I'm talking about, like, is it like, is it not going to last as long as regular? And that's why it's quote unquote, green shall we say uh do you know what i mean like like how have you seen the rise over the years uh, it, it, there is a big push right now to get more sustainable and lower maintenance costs and it's a lot of times the former systems like you said you get a cracked tile what do you have to do you have to cut it out and replace it right well, because a cracked tile is now access for water and grease to get under the rest of the tiles and creating mold and mildew. And, and that's, that's, a, that's been forever in the restaurant industry. And, and by the way, and even in, in commercial buildings, mm-hmm. same, same issue happens. Um, what they're looking for now is something that they know that they're very destructive. The kit commercial kitchens with oleic acids and other, and other issues of dropping uh, heavy equipment onto them or rolling heavy equipment that they need to come up with something that 
if it does have a perceived failure that it's easy and, and inexpensive to fix and doesn't require shutting down the building. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where I'm seeing it. It has to go, it has to go to something that's easy to take care of and move on. Yeah, because it doesn't cause any disruption to business. Yeah, they're, they're regular business operations, right? That's that's yep. that. I mean, I'm sure that's pretty big. But you know, let's talk a little bit about you. Um, you know, what? How did you uh, get into this? Like, what, what's your journey kind of been like? Um, you know, to get to this point and and kind of really gravitate towards, um, you know flooring and the sustainability option like like how, like what what like did something change for you did you just did you just resonate with it like what's your career kind of path been like to this point well the career path has been interesting um this is my fourth company uh i started three of them before i and sold them all before i was 28 then i became a father hmm. and i went to work for the real for the for everybody else and uh, my jobs primarily through my career have been launching new business units or designing a new business to augment an existing business. And over the years, every time I would get involved in a new industry or a new technology, uh, it was, it was always focused on making life easier for humans. Uh, it was never really focused on, uh, can we make it cleaner for humans? And then I ran into the gentleman who created Purity. Um, his name is Glenn Finkel. Out of he lives in New York, and his daughter, both daughters, had asthma, and that's why he created Purity. Mm-hmm. And I got to thinking about, you know, what is my home like? What is the, you know, my one of my daughters has has sinus infections all the time. How do I start addressing what could be in the house? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of time the air outside of your house is cleaner than it is inside your house. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and and right and that's that's true with all buildings. I mean, for in the I'm I'm a little older than you, but in the 70s and 80s, you know, sick building syndrome was big. Why are people getting sick? Well, then they blamed it on fluorescent lights, and then they blamed it on air conditioning, and then they blamed it on maintenance processes and and construction that caused mildew and black mold became a big deal. And, and it just kept kind of steamrolling there. There's always a way to say that something else is causing the problem. Then uh, about 12 years ago, I, I was working for a company and I started creating a business model for them. And I started working with some really interesting uh, chemists and engineers. And we were sitting around at dinner one night and they said, we, we know we can make things better, but will people buy it? And I said, well, as long as you're not four times the cost, there's always an opportunity. And so six years ago, I started S3 with the purpose of finding these quality, um, for lack of a better term, inventions, and saying, let's bring them to the market, but not as an individual product, but as as an internal system approach. How do we create a system? Um, where each product may be the best in its category, but combined as a system, you can't lose. And try to keep the value close to what they're used to today. And in some cases, like the uh, future product that we're developing right now, um, I may be able to replace concrete. <laughs> Tell me more about that. That's, next, uh, it, that the, <laughs> I'm sure uh, a lot of people are wondering what, what 
what what could that actually be? Do you, do you wanna do you wanna share a little bit about that? Well, well, it's 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 ninety it's ninety five percent recycled or reclaimed waste material. Mm-hmm. So number one, we're cleaning the environment. Number two is that it is it is also widely available. So now I reduce the CO two production in getting product to a plant to make it. So one of my former businesses, I, I owned a trucking company. So I know what the cost of fuel and how much output a truck makes. So I wanted to limit my distance. The second, that's number three, the third side of it is that once it needs to be fast setting, speed up the construction process and provide a higher form of quality. So we are 95 uh, percent less CO2 in the manufacturing, which concrete equates to, I think it's 20 or 30 percent of the CO2 generated in the world. But we, we generate 95 percent less. Um, I can pour a slab or, I, or this is the, this is what we're developing towards. I can make a, ca- a precast pipe. I can make a slab. I can make CMU block and it's ready in four hours wow. to build on. Like full, full strength, like, Pretty much full strength because you know that there's that curing phase. Right? Twice, get... twice the strength of concrete. Hmm. Interesting. And what's the weight like? Because <laughs> you know concrete, you always have to worry about the weight, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and concrete, the 27 day cure time yep. is so it reaches its maximum psi. Yeah. We're reaching our maximum psi in 24 hours. Hmm. And we're 9,000 psi versus. 3,500 to 5,000 PSI. Yeah. Wow. That'd be, so, I, you know, I'd be interested. Biggest... Yeah, I'd be really interested to see where that, I'd be, I just said I'd be uh, just really interested to see where where that kind of goes and, you know, how, how you guys are progressing with that. It seems so fascinating. Well, we have, we have stuff, like I said, internal membranes in the concrete. We're developing admixes for concrete that re- reduce the moisture loss. And I actually, we're, We've got admixes for older concrete that we're working on to reduce to uh, stifle radon gas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have that in Toronto, but it's yeah. a big deal down yeah. here. Yeah, we do. Um, the the uh, fast curing concrete that we're talking about that's all recycled materials, that has no porosity. Not even an oxygen molecule can go through it. Wow. I mean, that's obviously so, that's... Uh, and that, then the best thing about that product, mm-hmm. it's less than concrete to make. Nice. Well, it's fascinating to see to see where we're going, but I um, I noticed there's something else you guys do, which I'm, which I'm actually pretty interested in as to how, like, how it's actually used, which is, uh, um, I believe there's a product you guys use uh, on the roof of a house. Do you want to... Sure. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. <laughs> So my, my friend that developed that product that had, had daughters with asthma, they carried it over from being a window cleaner mm-hmm. um, that you sprayed on your windows, turned them into HD windows. It's amazing. Uh, you still use it in my house. Um, when the light sunlight hits it, it actually creates a hydroxyl radical that goes out and literally finds VOCs and turns them into oxygen. That's a very simple explanation. There's, it does a little bit more than that. He then looked at, okay, how can I offset automobiles? And so uh, tile roofs and metal roofs 
they have a two-part system that they can spray on the roof that when the sun's rising, this roof is going after every volatile organic compound around them or NOx, and it's turning it into oxygen, which creates an organic compound afterwards. But it also is utilized on solar panels to keep organic materials from affecting the solar panels so that now you get a higher production rate over time because you don't have organic material on your solar panel. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing, amazing spray-on application. Uh, like I said, I clean my windows with yeah. And I have four animals in my house, and you can't tell I have an animal in my house. That would be, that's pretty cool. That, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's really nice to see things that, uh, and, I'll, and I'll speak for, for myself, that sometimes you kind of, uh, take a little bit for granted, but then you know, um, I think that's one of the reasons I, I'm I'm doing this show too, like this podcast, because there are so many people doing so many different things, and we kind of take for granted that you know developments and 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 uh, changes can be made just in regular technology that we're using, regular materials that we're using. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And, and you know what? It's a lot of the small companies out there in the world that are doing this. Well, S3 was created to find those guys. That's uh, everything we did. It was because I knew people that were creating something, and we brought it together to make a system. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm uh, like I said, I'm I'm really liking it, and uh, you know. So, are you guys are you guys mainly in the U.S.? Are you like obviously I'm I'm in Canada, but like are you guys all over the place? Whereabouts whereabouts can we find your products? You can typically we sell the products right now in the U.S. But uh, we have uh, quite a few installations, depending on the product, uh, overseas. Uh, and we are actually focusing on the next two years of growth of creating uh, more of a global uh, infrastructure right now. Well, for global f- f- uh, footprint, shall we say, right? So, you know, that, I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that's pretty awesome. But, you know, if, if any of our... Um, you know, designers or architects were, or, you know, facility managers for that matter, if they were interested in your products, like where, like, you know, how can people find you? How can people find more information about S3 Surface Solutions? Like, where would they go? Right now, S3 Surface Solutions website. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a place in there that you can request information. Mm-hmm. Uh, that website's going to be around for about 30 to 45 more days, and then we'll have our new website out there that'll actually have <laughs> much better information specifically for specifiers and architects, yeah. uh, facilities managers or engineers to get a hold of the products and the information on the products. Uh, we realized uh, we've, we've had remarkable growth, and we outgrew the website faster than we could make a new one. <laughs> That's always a good problem to have as a uh, as a business owner, right? <laughs> right.